From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. This one, episode 252, we're diving into the triggers of anxiety. I am Brad Robinson. Before we dive in, if you have already signed up for the newsletter at unpluganxiety.com, I will be sending out coupon codes for 20% off the Anxiety Project program. That's right, 20% off, but you have to sign up to the newsletter at unpluganxiety.com. And also, I will be sending out free PDFs of a structured journal. A journal that I like to do every single day, a structured approach, because a lot of people come to me and say, well, how do I structure a journal? I don't know what to write. And it's like, yeah, you know, I think a structure is really necessary. So the journal is already laid out for you, but you just got to fill in and answer the questions on the, on each page. And, and you do that every day. You're going to manifest the things that you never thought were possible. You're going to actually formulate a plan, an aim, a goal, some some sort of vision for yourself. And then after a month, two months, three months, you're going to recognize that you are so much further down this path towards this vision than you would have been a year ago. So go sign up for that newsletter. Get that journal because it's going to help you. It's free. Just got to print it off at home and do it every day and will greatly help you guys. So sign up now. So today, this podcast comes from a question I got from Paige. She says, I notice that I am so sensitive to anything negative in my environment, like violence on a TV show or someone talking about an illness that it triggers my anxiety. Why is this so? What's going on? Great question. And this was something I was contending with, with generalized anxiety disorder. I remember watching a show and it was filled with violence and prof- profanity. And I was extremely sensitive to the program where I had to shut the program off. And for me, This sensitivity was due to my anxiety response being active all the time, 24-7. And imagine having so many disturbances within you that when you come into contact with disturbances on a day-to-day basis, it only increases your threshold of disturbance tolerance. I guess that's the best way of putting it. So imagine your glass is already full of chaos and uncertainty. You watch a TV show of stress and uncertainty. And what is that only going to do? It's going to only push you and move you over the edge. Really? That's, you know, podcast closed, case closed, right? But let's dive into it a little bit more. Because this is really, really interesting because I remember being at a Starbucks and overhearing somebody talk about an illness, a family member getting an illness and you perk up and you're, and I'm like, oh my God, 
you know, that's going to happen to me. This was my, <laughs> this was my day to day suffering with anxiety. Every single day being overly concerned with disturbances because I was already contending with so many disturbances within my being. So imagine this looming snake hanging over you, right? Try to ignore that thing. It's, you're not going to ignore it. You know, if you have problems in your life, try ignoring those problems. It's like the chimpanzees fixating over the snake that wanders into their territory. They can't help but fixate their themselves or their attention onto the unknown, the uncertainty. Or it's like Siddhartha in the Buddha story. Siddhartha lived in this walled-off kingdom of paradise, but once he comes into contact with the uncertainty of reality, it's overwhelming. Like, try not to think about it when you're falling asleep at night. No, it's going to keep you up. That's why a lot of anxiety sufferers can't sleep. It's because the monsters come out of the closet and it keeps you up because what happens when you're in your bed? It's just you and your own mind. Try to escape that. A lot of people do. A lot of people get up, watch TV, go on their cell phones, take um, some sort of drug to, to help them sleep or alcohol, you name it. We live in that age where we're always trying to distract ourselves or to cope with the disturbances within us. Or look at the Adam and Eve story, right? They become so hyper aware of their, well, their vulnerabilities and it disturbs them. Right, and th that's also one of the reasons why I personally stopped smoking marijuana is because when I would smoke, I became hyper aware of just my vulnerabilities. I became hyper aware of the my mistakes, failures, and uh, it would be too much for me to contend with. And there's some utility in that, but. If you do not work on, well, approaching what is causing the disturbances or doing what you can to solve them, then they're going to remain dormant and, well, stagnant within you. And where's the growth in ignoring or repressing those disturbances? No growth. So now, with all these disturbances within you, you filter in all outside incoming information that fits with what is making you fearful, or in other words, not okay. So you overhear someone at a restaurant, at a coffee shop, talk about somebody who has an illness that makes you 
perk up, stimulated, or you see a billboard of an illness or some sort of doctor, you know, telling you to do something because you might have this and then that makes you perk up or you're listening to the radio and you hear something about an illness or a death and then that stimulates you and you wonder, oh my God, am I going crazy? Like, is this going to happen to me? And it snowballs your anxiety, puts you in, in an emotional state. And this is stimulating because you are unsure and insecure of your own well-being. You're insecure because there are problems within you that are not solved. And thus, the outside disturbances that match with the inside disturbances only increase, well, your suffering, but it stimulates the emotions. That's the thing. It stimulates the emotions because, you know, you're already in this hyper-aware state because unsolved problems within you, that's going to make you anxious and alert and in threat preparation mode because what you have yet mastered and what is looming over you is going to make you in, is going to prepare you in some manner, right, to confront that novelty. And so now, because you're in this preparation mode, anything else that's novel is going to only enhance what's relevant, right? Because if you're in threat preparation mode, Man, everything that has been deemed irrelevant before is now relevant to you. Pay attention, right? Pay attention. It's like, oh my God, it's exhausting. By the end of the day, you're emotionally drained. And it makes sense because now you're paying attention to everything. How do you contend with everything? It's like, well, that's a great question. But you yourself are in a vulnerable state because your life is unstable. Things are unstable around you. You are in this hyper alert state because that's how you precisely contend with the unknown. You are in a place you have yet mastered and in the story of Moses, this is what's really interesting. The Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and they bit them so that many Israelites died. And it makes sense that we live in a world where no matter how walled off the garden is, the snakes always get in. That's the reality of our, our existence. Right? You can sit, buttress yourself against reality as much as you can. You can live in a VR simulation, eating junk food and smoking weed and doing as many drugs as possible to numb, soothe, and distract you. But in the end, 
the snakes will get in because what are the what's going to happen if you eat a lot of junk food? You're going to get ill. What happens if you're not getting enough exercise? You're going to get ill. What happens if you are not continuously growing, improving, or um, nourishing your body in biological ways our ancestors implemented hundreds and thousands of years ago? You're going to get ill. That's the reality. So you can wall yourself off, but the snakes will get in. And this is what this story is indicating is that the snakes are coming and the snakes are not good. But here's what happens in the Moses story. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a snake image and mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. Think about that. To what you fear the most, you must study it to master it. So how do you desensitize yourself from something that is making you fearful? You pay attention and you learn how to manage what is making you fearful. But exposing yourself to what is making you fearful is curative. It makes you braver. Look what happens to Harry Potter when he encounters a Dementor. He learns how to cope with a Dementor by training himself with a Bogart Dementor. It's like a imaginary representation of, of a Dementor. It's not a real Dementor, but it's like it's it's something that still symbolizes the fear Harry's contending with, like the snake on the pole in, in the middle of the town. You go and look at it because if you, if you study it enough, if you expose yourself to it enough, you will learn how to cope with the thing that is making you fearful and anxious. It's like a job where you start the job, it's making, making you anxious each and every day that you wake up. But the more you approach the job, you find that in a month, two months, your anxiety lessens to a great degree. Unless you are willing to make the appropriate sacrifices in your life, how do you expect things to improve? It's like Jonah in the belly of the whale, contemplating his life choices and how he himself wound up in the hell that he is in. Same idea. You have to look towards your insecurities, your faults. It's like Adam and Eve, right? They want to hide from God once they realize how vulnerable they are and how flawed they are and how foolish they are, right? Like it's like starting a new job where you're foolish, you're bumbly, you, you don't know what you're doing, you don't want to go, you have to restructure all your routines and you have to learn a whole new routine and it's going to be hell. But the more you get up and persist, through the foolishness and the failures, the more you master it. 
like David Goggins says, you must attack what you fear. You have to keep on attacking. So the big panic attack I had that then snowballed my generalized anxiety disorder years ago at the Art Gallery of Ontario was, well, there, at this time, there were many unknowns in my life, many, many, many uncertainties that I was contending with. I wasn't certain about my relationship with Maggie, uh, my career. I was taking a workshop at the time that was making me uneasy and uncertain about where I was going. And I was nervous about going to this workshop because it was uncertain. Um, and this makes sense to me because if a, a lot of uncertainty is taking place, you're going to feel anxious. And it makes sense why people come to me for coaching and they talk about all this uncertainty, why they're anxious. They're wrestling with so much of the unknown in their lives. And you have two options here. One, retreat as far away as you can from uncertainty, from this change, or continue forth stumbling toward mastery of what makes you uncomfortable. Stumble forward. That's the key word, stumble. You're going to stumble forward. And this is where you discover that you are capable of managing the chaos. That was my case when I was working as a camera trainee in the film industry. You know, for most of my life before this, I was a quitter. Whenever I was met with that anxiety, I would back away and stop doing what I was doing. So I would never manifest the potential lurking in the uncertainty. That's the thing when you persist past this wall and this barrier of anxiety and continue to attack what is making you uncomfortable, you actually discover the possibility lurking within that uncertainty. But when I was pursuing the film industry and pursuing my career as a camera trainee, I discovered well, first of all, I was met with so much anxiety because you think, oh, I'm on this great path. You know, I got this great job. I'm going to this. I'm going to get what I want. It's like, no, no, no. Don't think that because all these other snakes pop up. You got to get into a whole new routine. You got to learn all these new skills. Oh, my God, this is going to be a real challenge. And then now I'm in this camera union, union as a tr trainee and now I'm getting up real early in the morning five five o'clock four thirty trying to get to the studio before traffic and then showing up an hour early sitting in my car meditating writing in a journal and then showing up to work knowing that it's going to be a real long day. I don't know what I'm doing. I remember on the first day of the job, I got yelled at for taking a camera cart into the studio without waiting for the other guys to load equipment on it. So I felt like a, a fool. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm already getting yelled at. And I remember another 
time someone told me I, I pulled out my phone just to check something and then I got yelled at for that and it was just like one mistake after another and then you're new and then you know you don't know much you're trying to get into a routine it was so terrible and then I'm working 16 hour days and so the way ways that I buttress myself against all of this chaos and anxiety is like on my break I would go out in my car and meditate take a deep breath relax try and calm down do some breathing and that'll help me when I get back into the studio to you know get back into the game of this work and you know I'm working 16 17 hour days knowing that I gotta get up tomorrow and do it again but then I do it again and then by day 30 something interesting happens I'm I'm like oh my god you know I am getting into a routine I know so much more than day one I am I'm less anxious um the days are more predictable because I'm approaching each day with the intention of doing the best that I can, even though I'm going to fail and be bad at it. Um, even though, you know, showing up, I I noticed that showing up is literally half the battle. Showing up early, because nothing, nothing worse than showing up late and stumbling in there and just starting off on a bad foot. Doing what you can every day to mitigate the amount of chaos, right? Making a mistake, acknowledging, okay, note to self, don't do that. Because the negative emotion is a sign, oh, don't do that, right? It's like, oh, I learned a terrible lesson, it sucks. That's how you know you learned a lesson, it's so terrible. You go, oh my God, I feel so bad about myself, I feel embarrassed, I feel ashamed. It's like, yeah, that's a that's a good thing because now you're going to know <laughs> that you shouldn't do that, right? Avoid that in the future. So then after you stumble through all of this muck by day 30, you're making less mistakes and there's less muck and then there's less anxiety on top of that. That's the thing. Also, what can trigger your anxiety is anxiety itself, the feeling of anxiety. That is the fear of fear itself, right? And so I'll explain this. I remember having paralyzing anxiety going into grade seven when I was young. It was paralyzing because I remember I was separated from all of my friends. They went into a different classroom. I went into a totally new classroom with all these new kids that I didn't even know. And I didn't want to show up to school. And it was paralyzing. I mean, the symptoms, the heart beating, the lack of sleep, the fixation of the unknown and the outcome, you know, in my mind, the worst case scenario being played out, all of these sensations and feelings were terrible. But then a decade later, imagine going you know, into a new job, going into something new and uncertain, 
And the same feelings come up that came about when you were young and experiencing anxiety. And this is what happened to me multiple times in my life. I recognize this inner little boy screaming out for love and support and, you know, to, to quit and to run away. And, and I noticed that little boy and I was like, wow, look at that kid, the kid that's going through grade, grade seven. Look at that kid who's scared and timid and feeling these same things that are bubbling up to the surface. And, you know, those sensations trigger the emotions. And I noticed, hey, I felt these same emotions back when I was like 11, 12, whatever age that was. It's interesting. You're replaying the same story, the same emotions, even though it's you're like... 25 or 30 or 40 or 50 you're it's like you're back at being a 10 year old again i found that interesting but it's your persistence towards mastery that will determine the outcome that you really need and want right like do you really want to retreat like you did back when you were 10 years old or are you going to face the dragon of chaos now the, the heroes that we admire when we watch The Hobbit, Harry Potter, Star Wars, um, or the Marvel, Marvel movies, what do they do? What do the heroes do that they confront, right? Sometimes, like Batman, he gets beaten down, broken, but he rises back through determination and through a vision, right? What do you want in your life? What are the actions of the hero? Why are we gravitated towards them? They get back up and they persist, even though they've been beat down. Like in Rocky, in this, I think it was the seventh round, where he gets back up, and even though he's just totally beaten, broken. And I've noticed within me that when anxiety gets the worst and I feel like giving up, throwing in the towel, if I keep persisting, the anxiety lessens because the mind knows I'm not going to stop. And the mind goes, okay, we're just going to have to, you know, we're just going to have to, I'm just going to have to back off. Like that voice in the mind that's saying, no, I don't want to, please, no. And that's so fixated on the snake. The mind says, okay, Brad's going to confront the snake. I get it. You know, we can fixate ourselves as much as we want, but Brad's going to confront that thing. But the more Brad confronts it, what happens? The more he manages the snake. Well, that's interesting. He's mastering the thing that's making him anxious. And he's getting more comfortable and more comfortable. And then two, three months down the road, he's so damn comfortable, he's confident. He's walking in there strutting with his shoulders back, you know, chest out. The thing that was making him fearful is now mastered. The fool always becomes the master. And that's where I'm going to leave you today on this podcast episode. 
Everyone, share this. I mean, come on, share this with people who you know would greatly benefit from that. If you're a human being, you're going to greatly benefit from this episode because all through our lives, we're going to encounter that damn dragon of anxiety. It's going to paralyze us. How do we manage this? This podcast needs to be more well-known and spread throughout our society because so many people now more than ever are suffering from anxiety rise above anxiety everyone remember to sign up to the newsletter because i'm sending out that free journal also 20 percent off the anxiety project program i'll see you next time Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.